This episode of TFR is brought to you by Pacific Western Bank. Pacific Western is the leading provider of venture debt and banking services to startups, growth stage companies, and their investors. And this episode of TFR is brought to you by Brex. Designed specifically for venture-backed startups, Brex is the perfect corporate card for fast-growing companies. Head to brex.com and sign up with the promo TFR to get waived card fees for life. Welcome to the podcast about investing in startups, where existing investors can learn how to get the best deal possible. And those that have never before invested in startups can learn the keys to success from the venture experts. Your host is Nick Moran, and this is The Full Ratchet. Welcome to another release of Investor Stories. On this installment, the experts talk about their investment philosophy, how they evaluate early stage startups, and how that may be unique from other venture investors. Here is the segment called Venture Investor Strategy. On today's special segment, we have Sheil Manat of 500 Startups. Sheil, can you talk about your thesis and also how you evaluate startups for investment and if there are any unique aspects of your approach? Yeah, absolutely. So, my broad fund thesis is financial services for the rest of us. So a couple things. In the U.S., uh, the financial services have really not done a great job at serving millennials and sort of anyone who's not an old white man. I'll just say that. And so all these startups are encroaching on the traditional banking segments. In every piece of traditional banking, whether it's loans, insurance, investment, wealth management, small business, you know, all that stuff is being encroached upon by uh, fintech startups. So that, that sort of financial service for the rest of us here. And then developing markets, fintech startups are leaping traditional banking altogether. So you know, stuff I, I mentioned is, is uh, the way how, how difficult it was to serve an individual when I was doing microfinance work 10 years ago and how easy that is now with a smartphone. And I think that that brings a bunch of new people into the traditional banking world that you could never serve before. So I think that's that's a huge piece of my thesis. And then how I evaluate startups, we make decisions very quickly. Sort of for the for the first uh, dozen or so investments that I've done, I was the sole decision maker. You know, I was the only one who met with the company, and then in a couple of meetings, I sort of decide whether to invest or not. Now we're instituting a little bit more of a process where I've got I've got a, a team behind me. And for the majority of our investments, we do through the accelerator. So we have an application process, and then we do a series of interviews before we we get comfortable and make an investment. But nothing sort of that unique, other than you know there's an application process, and we we invest a couple times a year for matches starting in January and July. And then of course we do do investments outside of the accelerator. Um, so those I just look at as they come in, typically referrals from other investors or founders. On today's special segment, we have William Mugayar. William, can you talk about your thesis and also how you evaluate startups for investment and if there are any unique aspects of your approach? Sure. So my, my new thesis now, uh, because I'm a new fund, is really centered on, on decentralization. So it's about openly decentralized networked applications or technologies that can reimagine either industries or, or sectors 
via new intermediaries or protocols. So it's it's a mouthful, but it's a lot in there. There's collaboration, collaborative. Uh, there is uh, peer-to-peer in the cloud. Uh, there is network. There is mesh of networks. Uh, there is a replacement of old systems. Uh, there is unbundling and rebundling. Uh, there is re-engineering. And there are new stacks in, that, in there, the blockchain being one of them. So the blockchain is one, uh, one type of these types of applications. And uh, the, the, the number one question I always ask is, what's your vision? What do you see happening in two or three years from now, both in the marketplace? What are, what are your assumptions? And, and where do you think you like to be uh, in, in that new world? So I, I like to, to, to hear them imagine this new world that we don't see today. And, uh, and I, I try to, like, to take a long, long view uh, as to where the startup could be going and um, to figure out whether it's a small idea or a big idea. And, and usually the vision and, and then talking with them can help you uh, arrive at your own conclusions. And, and it's also based on your own research. It's, it's it, I mean, I'm, I'm very much research orientated. So the thing is that when, when you have some, some strong beliefs and you believe that the world is going to go in, in a particular direction, and then when you see a startup that happens to go in the same direction or close to it, then you can say, oh, there's a match. Uh, I, I've been thinking about this in particular, and then I like your thinking. It's very similar. And so let, let, let's keep talking. So there's this intersecting point, uh, and, and you see the, these, these common elements, and, and that's very exciting to me. Is there a way that you seek out startups with these approaches? Well, I mean, luckily right now, because I'm writing a lot on my blog and and I'm um, kind of doing it on a regular basis, uh, it's I'm, I, I, I think I'm lucky that I'm receiving a lot of um, inbound uh, inquiries. I'm, I'm meeting people that I would not have been able to meet before because you can't be everywhere, obviously. Uh, I, I like to work on the ground. I like to go attend events and be in different cities and, and, and kind of mix on the, on the ground up. But um, I wouldn't underestimate the power of blogging and the power of reaching uh, with your thoughts via online uh, because uh, entrepreneurs exist all over the place and they read your, your material and they send you an email and they say, wow, I'm, I'm working on this thing that you've been talking about. Can we talk? And this has been a great way for me to connect with, with entrepreneurs and startups that I've, would have never been able to connect with before. On today's special segment, we have Tom Tungus. Tom, can you talk about your thesis and also how you evaluate early stage startups for investment and maybe mention aspects of your approach that may be unique from other venture investors? Yeah, I mean, I think... Um you know, everyone invests differently, but I'm a really thesis-driven investor. So what that means is I really like to understand the space, and I'll spend a whole lot of time. So the last investment that we made, that I made, is a company called Dremio, and it's a data movement company. And it, it really was because I was obviously working with the Looker guys, and they were running into one particular problem. And uh, so I spent a lot of time talking to, to the team at Looker. And then they said, you know, we really think there's a a company that could be built here. And so I spent about a year looking into the space and I interviewed all kinds of people. I met people who'd left all the incumbent companies like Informatica and Golden Gate Software and uh, created a big landscape. And then I'll never forget, this was like a couple of months ago, the Dremio guys walk in the door and they start their pitch. And within the first five minutes, I turned to my partner, Satish, and I said, 
we're, we have to invest in this company, right? And the whole goal is to, of that uh, methodology is uh, you have a prepared mind. And so yep. when, that, when that company walks in, you know you're ready to commit. You know the 10 or 15 people that you can call on diligence and you just have a point of view, right? So those are the pros of the, me- the methodology. The downside is you're focused on one particular area, which means that you may miss um, great opportunities elsewhere. But that's a methodology I really like. And then the other methodology that we have internally is we're really team-driven. So we work in twos and threes on deal teams, and then we work in twos and threes after we invest in portfolio companies. So if we have like, you know, one company that needs help in uh, developer-focused uh, go-to-markets, then my partner, Scott, who invested in Twilio and, and Stripe and Heroku, who's an expert there, he'll come and help the company, right? And so there's a nice kind of um, exchange or interchange of ideas that spans not just the relationship between the partner and the investment, but the whole firm. Uh, so I really like that part about Redpoint. Sounds like there might be some filters and criteria that you guys are using. Do you believe in sort of a formalized process around filtering and criteria, or is it more of uh, having this prepared mind and then pattern recognition allows you to make quick decisions? So I think it's a combination of the two. So I'll, I'll confess, I have a template that I take in with me to most startup pitches. And you know, it lists kind of 15 or 20 different questions. And what I love about that is uh, it kind of structures the conversation. And there's been a lot of research into structured interviews that shows that structured interviews are much more effective than unstructured interviews. So I like that. But once you're through the data collection and you're kind of through, hey, what do the unit economics work? And you kind of get to the emotional part of the decision-making process, right? And there's this story of this German guy who was struck by lightning just totally uh, randomly. And the part of his brain that creates emotions was destroyed. And uh, there were all these researchers who started to study him. Wow. It's fascinating, right? And uh, started to study him and they thought that, here we go, we've got basically a human computer, right? Someone who is going to make decisions purely rationally. And what they found to their great surprise was this man, unfortunately for him, was totally unable to make decisions. And it's because he never had perfect information, right? So like, should I have the cheeseburger or should I have the salad? And he, he was just totally paralyzed. And so what they discovered through this man was the way that we commit to our decisions is by using emotions. And so that made me realize that it's no different in venture. You really need to have an emotional attachment to the business, whether it's, I mean, it's a combination of I'm really excited about this market or I'm really excited about this technology and I'm really excited about this team. <laughs> I agree. We've got a filtering set. And we've tried to make it as objective and binary as possible, just yeah. yeses and nos. But I've found that the businesses I'm getting really emotionally attached to, you know, my objective answer might be yes, whereas my partner's uh, objective <laughs> answer might be no. <laughs> yeah, that's right. You know, and sometimes the emotional decisions are the best ones. I mean, there are a lot of cases at Redpoint where we've invested in companies where one partner was incredibly passionate. Netflix is probably the canonical example for us, right? Where there was one partner who's, my partner Tim, who's unbelievably passionate about this company. And he faced a lot of internal resistance, but he turned out to be absolutely right. That will conclude this installment of Investor Stories. If you're enjoying the program and would like to see it continue, take a moment and leave a five-star review in iTunes. Also, if you'd like updates on new content from TFR, as well as the top 10 VC articles every week, go to fullratchet.net and sign up for the newsletter. 
Okay, that will wrap things up for today. Until next time, over-prepare, choose carefully, and invest confidently. Thanks for joining me. This episode of TFR is brought to you by Brex. Your startup is going to change the world, and the right corporate card will get you there even faster. The Brex corporate card for startups offers 10 to 20 times higher limits than traditional corporate cards, automated expense tools, and huge rewards like four times points back on travel, three times back on restaurants, and two times back on recurring SaaS spend, and all with no personal guarantee. Sign up at Brex.com and get waived card fees for life with the code TFR. And this episode of TFR is brought to you by Assure. For over three years, Newstack has been raising capital on a deal-by-deal basis, allowing individual investors to select each startup investment. Assure is the company behind the scenes that powers this process. When we have 10, 20, or 30 angels investing in a startup, we can't put all those folks directly on the startup's cap table. So those investors are rolled into a special purpose vehicle that occupies just one line item on the cap table. And Assure handles all ongoing fees, finances, and K-1s for us. We pay a one-time upfront fee and avoid all the required yearly admin filings and bills. If you run an angel group or you would like your LPs to invest in deal-by-deal sidecars, go to assure.co slash TFR for 20% off your first SPV. And this episode of TFR is brought to you by Pacific Western Bank. Pacific Western specializes in providing financial services to startups, growth stage companies, and their investors, helping to navigate financial obstacles by providing access to funds and expertise. Pacific Western's customized products and team of venture banking specialists provides a banking experience designed specifically with startups and VCs in mind. If you run a tech company or if you invest in tech companies, it's strongly advisable that you build a relationship with the folks at Pacific Western. Go to pacwest.com to learn more.